0: There's only so much you can take before you go crazy, you know. I don't know and, with that, <laughs> and with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly podcast from a parenting point of view. I am one of your hosts, uh, Eric. And joining me this week is the man with the pop filter that won't stand up, Shows, say Hey. Hi. How's it going? It's going
1: good. I'm hoping not to pop too much.
0: Uh, then just don't... Um, don't use those explet not expletives the, what's the, what's the, <laughs> right, well, what's the I'll try my best to stay away from in this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it's the one with the the popping uh, like letters. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Popsonance. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but yeah, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Zounds. That was the name of a uh, uh, sound effect book I had as a child in the 80s. So
1: so no no consonants this whole episode. Okay, got exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. I <laughs> and I, the other voice you heard uh, was uh, Spears. <laughs>
2: Yee. Hey.
0: Welcome, welcome back, Spears. Hi. Long time no here, I guess?
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember the last episode you were on, to be honest. I'm it was, uh... pretty sure there was snow on the ground. Was there, or was it before the snow? That's possible, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, before we get
0: into our thing, i'm gonna interview spears obviously that's that that's what this whole episode's about um but before we we get into the 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 meat of the episode, uh we wanted to talk about our contest, which we had a couple of weeks ago when we went to medieval times in Toronto um the people over at medieval Times were gracious enough to give us a family pass for four to go see that show, and we have our winner, and the winner is. Drum roll. Not Groot. It is. It is Jesse Harwood. Um, so congrats to Jesse. Uh, I hope she has a wonderful time with her family. And thanks again to the fine folks over at Medieval Times. I look forward to going back again now that they have the Queen storyline, which I wish they had when we went.
1: Oh, that'll, that'll be <laughs> exciting for us to, to do a comparison episode.
0: Yeah, we can just we can just go back and be like, Mal, what are you doing? What are you doing, Mal? <laughs> Nah, she'll love it. <laughs> but um, yeah. So this week's episode, we're gonna talk about retro gaming. Um, and this idea was either brought forth by was it you, Shouse, or was it you, Spears? I can't really remember. I claim responsibility. I, so so why 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 did we go? Why did we want to go into this uh, for this week? There was there was a reason. I can't remember what it was.
2: Um, well, I saw that they were re-releasing the NES Classic. Uh, shortly. That was today. Um, And that kind of got me thinking about what I enjoyed about gaming from that generation. My kid is now at the point where I'm thinking about how am I going to introduce him to video games? And I Mm. think something like the NES Classic would be a great way to do it. But then I started really thinking about what were those games like? What made them awesome? And like, how do they stack up, you know, against like modern games?
0: How old is Clark now? Uh, He is six
2: and a half. Six. Um,
0: and what about you, uh, Shells? How old's your oldest? Seven,
1: just turned seven. Seven,
0: and mine is three, turning four this year. And she, like, she's seen me. She's seen me play video games, obviously, because it's not something we hide. But uh, we haven't really played games with her. We sort of have, like, we've touched upon like a couple things. Like, there's a Kung Fu Panda fighting game, which I let her screw around with on the PS4 because it was free. And then she has um, just recently, she started playing Super Mario Brothers, the run game, the one that's on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Mar- Mario yeah. Run.
0: So that's pretty simple for yeah. her. Clark's right? played that, too. Yeah, It is a nice way to seg- like to start a mob. But we can talk about uh, uh, video games, you know, for our children later. Um, so let's start off with the the genre of retro gaming in general, because that term retro seems to be thrown around, you know, whenever like music you hear retro and you you can hear music from like the nineties or the eighties, or even now the early two thousands is called retro. What, what, what do you, what do you think of when we talk about retro gaming? Let's go with the shows first.
1: Well, I mean, I think that, that retro really has to do with, you know, where, where you are in terms of your life, your age, what what you consider uh, to be uh, your, your sort of cherished memories from when you were growing up. So for me, uh, retro would probably be best exemplified by like systems like the NES. I mean, my earliest system that I played was the Atari 2600 that belonged to my uncle. Um, but uh, like, you know, r- retro gaming would be like NES, like r- retro retro music would be like, you know, a- anything that like, if I go into Spotify and I put on like a '90s station or like an '80s station, but for my dad, retro music would be like, you know, sixties music or or something like that, you know, fifties music. So, it's it just depends on where you're at. Yeah, that that's interesting because I know like for
0: us, if you go back further than '80s, some people will be like, "Oh, that's classic," or "That's oldies." At that point, huh. but that's uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. In, a, in, there's yeah, a
2: similar. We... That's funny. It's there's a similar structure in comic books. Like they look at the comics mm-hmm. of like during sort of the World War II era as the golden age. Then you've got the Silver mm-hmm. Age yeah, exactly. in the '60s when the superheroes came back and Marvel Comics kicks off, and then the Bronze Age in the like '70s, and then everything after that has just kind of been a mishmash that's been roughly grouped as modern. But I've always, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, which a lot is weird, people make...
1: have have said that the Golden Age of video gaming was like the 16-bit era. Like a lot of people yeah. talk about, you know, the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis as being the Golden Age of video games.
0: Which is funny because I've heard that, but I've also heard the PS2 era being the golden age of video games. Mm. So when we were in university, when the GameCube was out, when the PS2 was out, and Sega Saturn... Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Was Dreamcast at that time? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Fantasy Star Online for life. (laughs) Um, Actually, I loved the, the Saturn. Was that Saturn the one with the weird thing in the middle of the controller that you could take
2: out? Or was that, 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 was was Dreamcast? Dreamcast.
0: that was Dreamcast. was Dang. I always yeah. wanted one. Oh, it was
2: awesome. It was like a little, like, it had a little LCD screen, and it was like this little portable, like, mini gaming system. Mm-hmm. And different games would, like, upload, like, mini games onto it. And it would, like, I know in Fantasy Star, you'd basically play, like, this, almost like this game and watch type thing. Yeah. And you'd get, like, a couple extra credits or, like, a couple rando items. That you could use in the main game.
0: I remember that in Ikaruga, there was also a random like mini game in the little screen thing as well. Um, I wish I, I, I wish I knew what it was, but uh eh, whatever. Let's go into the uh, actual systems that we. So, uh, show. So, you were talking about how NES and Super NES is um, considered retro gaming for you. Um, what would be your if you think of your first retro system? Like not not necessarily the first uh one you played which you said was a Commodore i believe no uh, atari um oh sorry atari yeah. um when you think of retro gaming and you think of your first system what's the first system that you think of
1: yeah cuz i i i can't think of the atari as being sort of my first system it didn't belong to me i mean i borrowed it played it from my uncle um but like for me the the nes was was my sort of first system my first experience and and you know playing games on that you know, like mm. playing them far too long. Like my parents telling me to turn them off because you know, I am gonna <laughs> rot my true. brain.
0: Well, for a system that you couldn't save on, it you know it's one of those things you had to keep playing.
1: That that was part of that era. Like you you had to get good because mm. uh, you know you had to start the game from scratch every time. And and if you didn't want to spend hours going through that first level, you needed to really get your your game on, your your game up. We need Man. to
0: make a shirt that says "You need to get good." And then video games right under <laughs> Done <laughs> in the, the Store. Yeah, exactly. Um sorry, uh Spears, you were saying something there?
2: Oh no, I just I remember the first time that I played like um Final Fantasy and mm-hmm. it had the battery backup uh for saving. And oh, it was like yeah. a revelation. You know, I never, I like, with Zelda, I stuff, you could save your you never played Final Fantasy on NES? Well, I,
0: I didn't play it on the NES when it first came out. Like I ended up playing it on like an emulator in like my high school days. Mm. Um, but never on the original NES.
2: I wish I had. There was nothing like it. Like mm. it just it it was such an enormous step closer to playing like actually playing Dungeons and Dragons than any other mm. Uh, console RPG agreed that I I never de- played. the p c was miles ahead in yeah. those days in RPGs yeah. but Final Fantasy was a he- like I remember like I would play for hours and hours just agape at mm. like at at the depth of it and the the intricacy of it compared to the other games of the day. I never actually played d and d as a child. I just
0: played d as a like in university was the first time I ever played it which is a uh, sort of
2: crazy. So wait, um, did you play it or did you just drink a lot near the game books? <laughs> I don't recall there being books there. I remember there being paper. <laughs> but, but never
0: the books. I never I never saw the real books which is funny. Um no, uh, which is weird. Um I remember playing Final Fantasy like the original Final Fantasy on a super uh, on a regular Nintendo in the bottom of Sears, like they had a display <laughs> in the video game section where you can press a button and it would be like eight different games. So you have to press one, and this was like Legend of Zelda. Here is Metroid. There's Super Mario. Like and a really you-
2: lame Yo Geo cabinet.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I remember playing Final Fantasy, but without any like you can't stay there forever. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> could in you the, in the eighties? You could because no one cared. <laughs> like your kids in a place, eh, they'll be fine.
2: Man, um, there is an awesome Netflix pitch about a kid who just wants to stay in Sears and play this video game, and the security guard that keeps having to chase them out. <laughs> that that would be amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I remember sitting there. I it
0: probably was for like an hour or something. Like, what do your parents do when they're buying stuff at Sears? I don't know. Um but uh, I remember playing it and being like, "I don't know what's happening in this game" because it was so open. It was so different from any other game that I played on the NES. And I don't know if I liked it at the time. I was like, what eight or something, maybe smaller. And I don't think it, I, I could understand it at that moment. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, Spears, what was, what's your first system that you think of when
2: you think of retro gaming?
0: Well, like, what, very what's, so. yeah, what, what's, yeah, what, what's near
2: and dear to your heart? Well, very similar to Shouse. I learned that video games were a thing first on a ColecoVision Vision mm-hmm. uh, that belonged to my cousin, and but after that, like the first system that we actually owned and that like I kind of bonded with was the NES. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my dad bringing it home in the Volvo station wagon, and like <laughs> there wood was paneling. Th- uh, no wood. No wood paneling. It was solid. Oh. It was solid white. Um. <laughs> but it had the it was just, it was just like a rectangle on wheels uh pretty much it was the 80s yeah and it had it had, it had My the coolest k car oh ah yeah. so cool
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, but he uh, he opened like the opened the the sort of the trunk to the station wagon and there and like he had it in the, the those old station wagons had rear facing seats for kids they would flip up out of the out of the storage uh, space and he had the nes like kind of buckled in uh kind of buckled into that seat that's amazing so um when you got
0: your nes like or even you i'll go back to you shows right now um were you like one of the first of your friends or had everyone already gotten it at that point or did you guys get them all around the same time
1: I mean, I had kind of a unique experience. My um, my grandparents owned a video store when I was growing up. And so they, yes. they rented VHS yeah. movies to the, the community and, and they uh, and they rented games. And so I had the opportunity of just grabbing whatever I wanted off the shelf. And it was free for me to just take home and play and then bring back when I was done. But did you have the system before other kids because of I, that? I feel, I feel like I did because even before I owned the system, they had systems that you could rent. <laughs> so my parents would just bring me home like an NES like in one of those uh sort of plastic uh mini suitcases that you would open up and I don't know if you guys have ever rented a, a console before back yep. in the day of, of oh those. my god
2: I remember uh in high school my friends and I rented a cons, rented a playstation uh we all chipped mm. in and rented one for the weekend I came in one of those big black suitcases and we had to bring it back to school with us
0: <laughs>
2: and it was like Mission Impossible. It's like, do not let this leave your sight. It, don't let anyone look at it. Don't let anyone come near it. Did you have it handcuffed to you? As close to it as we could do. <laughs> I, I remember my one buddy, Sean, handing it to me and like looking at me right in the eyes. He's like, if anything happens to this, we're dead, but you're the most <laughs> dead. Yep,
0: yep. I remember renting a Super Nintendo from Wolco. Oh, Woko. Woko had a like a little video rental area um at the one that we used to go to and they had a Super Nintendo there and we borrowed it for one of my birthdays and we played Super Mario World and it was the best birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um so so what we learned from the these stories is that everyone hates shows right now for <sighs> uh, <laughs> for being able to rent uh video
2: games whenever he wanted to. Hang um, on. Shows, can I ask you a question about your grandparents owning a video store? Yeah. Have you seen Clerks?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yes, I have. Have you seen the scene where Randall orders a bunch of movies for the video store? Uh it sounds familiar. I just want to know if that depiction is accurate. Did they have So I think what Spears is asking is was there a little beaded area in the back of the video store <laughs> for adults? <laughs> And if so, um, did your grandparents have to order films for that area verbally over the phone in the presence of other customers?
1: <laughs> See, now, <laughs> now, now that's something that I'm going to have to think about. <laughs> that I've never thought about before. You're welcome. And now I'm traumatized for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so at the next family
1: reunion we'll all sit around and i'll ask uh how they ordered those films for their oh, no please don't
0: so it, it i think it sounds like we were all um pretty much um uh, nintendo people like i'm trying to i'm trying to move away from the porn talk from
2: from Sphere.
0: <laughs> but uh, um <laughs> i just i'm just um,
2: picturing them like as grandparents today ordering it back then no no and they had those big
0: like Fat VHS. Anyway, no, it's not important. Um, but um, so, as, since we were all NES guys um, growing up, was there a game that sort of was your game on that system? How about we start with Spears Since I started with the uh, shows last time.
2: Oh, I, I remember. I really tried to sort of get into and lay claim to like sort of the the fundamental NES titles, to like Mario and Zelda and Metroid. But all of my friends in middle school had already beaten me to it.
0: So, wait, wait, were you uh, one of the later adopters of the NES? Oh, yeah, I
2: was super late to the party. Um, mm. I think um, my buddy, my one buddy, Mike, who lived around the corner from me, he'd had the NES for like a solid, it seemed like forever back then, but it, I wonder if it was longer than like even half a year. Um,
1: when you're a kid, everything seems like forever. Yeah, it's
2: true. But I think I didn't, I got my NES in eighty eighty eight. 88, I think. So two years after it came out. Yeah, like it definitely was um like it was the one it had it came with the light gun. Uh didn't come with the robot. The robot was done by then. Mm-hmm. Um but it came with the control deck, the uh Mario Duck Hunt combo cart. And I think it was a gray light gun. I'm 98% oh, I'm sure it was a gray light gun rather than like a, an orange light gun, but I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah. The the
0: orange light gun was the second set. I'm sorry. Uh the NES came out in 85. So
2: three years later,
1: big yeah. news. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the you, you yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah the franchise that I ended up latching onto was Mega Man because it seemed like very few people had actually like of my friends anyway had actually played it. But I remember like having a sleepover at a at a buddy's house and playing Mega Man two like for hours and just be like, "What is this? This is
1: incredible!" Like <laughs> compar- so so good. Yeah. I feel like the, the theme music is going through my head right now as you're as you're talking about oh, it. Oh, the
2: the music in that game is incredible. The um, God, I had the, the I had I tried to do like a um uh, a cell phone theme for it back when I had my back when I had a BlackBerry. <laughs> so I I was trying to get I was trying to get all the Mega Man Two themes on it for different notifications. In those days, it was harder. Mm. Was um was was there a Mega Man in in specific that? was your Mega Man? Like I know a lot of people like Mega Man 2 as their favorites, yeah. but that's not for everyone. Yeah, 2 introduced me to it, but it was really 3 that cemented it. 3 was the first Mega Man game that I actually owned. Hmm. And I just I played the I just played the heck out of it like every day. Nice. Nice. I would play it as a warm-up to other games. Like I think the the Mega Man 2 really impressed me Like, I think what captured my imagination was there wasn't, like, an order to the levels. You would kind of choose which level you went to when, and there was a sort of, like, a scissors-rock paper kind of to, every time you'd kill a boss, you'd absorb their weapon, and different weapons were more effective against different bosses, and you just kind of, like, there was no internet then, so you just kind of had to figure out, like, which, which weapon, what order to do the levels in. There was a lot of trial and error, there was a lot of dying and starting over uh which was cool. Mega Man 3 took all of that and added like sort of a story behind this like mysterious like very Mega Man looking <sighs> boss that would appear and disappear and I don't know. If any of you all play Mega Man then you probably know about Proto Man this, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. This is the game that introduces him. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I generally love the Mega
0: Man games. I, I do think they're ridiculously hard. I still haven't beaten number ten, like the most.
2: Was that the most recent one? Ten or eleven? Eleven, I guess. Um, but no, I think eleven's the one that's coming out. Like, is that the new? Shortly, one? okay. I think ten was the last proper Mega Man game. That was like P. PA- that was PS two, PS three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because they, they they had a stint of releasing these uh, these sort of new. Um, Mega Man games following the yeah, old style, yeah. the, the yeah. new old
0: or the the retro, cool. as it were. Huh? On yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you going in for eleven? Um, uh, it looks amazing. I probably will. I'm playing Mighty Number no. Nine right now, and it's not very good. Um, that's what I've heard. It was free on PSN, uh, last month or two months ago. So you know. I might as well play it. I read a review of it that said that free was too expensive. <laughs> that's fair.
1: Because mm, your time, your time is worth <laughs> uh, it. Exactly.
0: Um, by the way, the the NES zapper, uh, the light gun was gray from nineteen eighty five until nineteen eighty nine. So Oh because that's the one I had. Yeah. So nineteen eighty nine. Orange. Weird. Um so Mega Man for for Spears a great, great um. Serious, I I do love the X Games a lot, um, and I will obviously buy it again and every single time that they re-release it. What about you, Spe- uh, shows What is what game would exemplify
1: the NES for you? Like, what what do you think of when you think of the NES? Um, I, I think the one that I've I've been most like most fondly remember is a game called Jackal, mm-hmm. and it is a a top down like Jeep, uh, action adventure title where you're basically you're driving on this map and you have to collect prisoners of war. You have to defeat bosses, but it's all from sort of a top-down perspective. And it's actually a two-player cooperative, huh. which is is pretty cool for, you know, that, that particular mm-hmm. era. And, uh, and like whenever I talk to people about the NES, they're like, oh, what's Jackal? What's Jackal? They never really heard of it, but it was... One of those games that I guess I had rented or borrowed from my grandparents' store that I just kept borrowing over and over again because I had so yeah. much fun with it. it. It's funny
0: because you you're uh, we were talking about that game just recently, and I ended up looking up video and like pictures of it. And I remember seeing the box art and the like the title screen, so I definitely have seen it, but I don't ever remember playing it. So yeah,
1: but I think that that's what's cool. Everybody has sort of an experience with with a game that. May have meant something special to them, but maybe a little different from other people's experience, and 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 that's that's sort of what's cool about looking back at yeah, retro games
0: in that era, because there were, I I want to say there weren't a lot of games, but there were a lot of games, and they, it was just you know, a, lot. a lot, a lot, and because we were kids there, we it's not like we could really pick what we wanted, like we got what you know our parents got us, um, so we all had yeah. varied experiences. Like for me, when I think of the NES, I think of like, I think of Kung Fu, that game, and I think of Popeye, which I was, uh, you know, Popeye is just like a like a Mario Brothers clone where you sort of go around on a static screen collecting things and jumping over enemies, but Kung Fu was that classic game where, you, you know, you enter at the bottom, you defeat enemies as you go sideways, you fight a little boss at the end of each level and go up the stairs. Like, the music is iconic, and it's it's that game that sort of cemented... My love for the NES, especially since I didn't own it, my uncle owned it, so I used to love going up to Toronto just to play that with it. So these, those, those, those are games that you know we have heartfelt, uh, like we we have love for these games. Where there, and you know, we we did have that episode on movies that broke us. So why don't we go into games that broke us? And this was the generation where games broke children, and then the children broke the controllers. So uh, <laughs> mm. let's go with the. Uh, um, Spears, what game killed your, you know, killed
2: your spirit as a child? I think the one that got me the most profoundly was Zelda 2. Yeah. I yep. think that oh, was that game the game that taught me yeah. that you can make no mistakes and still lose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's That's so profound.
2: true. That's a life lesson. If, if, <laughs> later would
1: be <laughs> that that's that's another yeah, t-shirt. it would be that and just like the, you know the, about, uh, whenever uh, you
2: die in that game like you see that like that silhouette of link and it flashes red and black behind it that's the shirt mm-hmm. that was sort of that was traumatic
0: at that time like that death you're just like oh
1: yeah. oh, I, and when you brutal. ran out of lives and it, it, <laughs> it was usually because you stepped on the yeah. slime
2: when you ran out of lives it was just like yeah. Oh did I wasted this afternoon. When you ran out of lives, e- it shows it shows <laughs> you this image of like of Ganon, and it's like, because you failed, Ganon is back from the dead. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So
1: there are some consequences. Yeah,
2: yep. So the subtext is not only did you lose, which is frustrating, but you failed, which is emotionally <laughs> crippling. And you ruined the world.
0: <laughs> I think the good thing about that game was like it was the first like real open world game.
2: Like You could go anywhere. Um, Well, not initially. You had to get a raft. Yeah, I mean, much like the Final Fantasy games and Dragon Quest, like you were kind of hemmed in by like Mm -hmm. having this item or not this item to clear a boulder or sail across a lake or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you could kind of wander pretty far Mm -hmm. off where the game intended you to go. (laughs) And since the enemy's uh, power was not scaled to yours in any way, doing that Mm -hmm. could get... Fatal in a hurry. This sounds. This sounds like
0: Bloodborne yeah. or Dark Souls
2: in NES form.
0: Like that's that's what this sounds like. And I feel like that's when people talk about retro hard, and they talk about Dark Souls being retro hard. This is a game that I feel exemplifies
1: <laughs> that fact. <laughs> and I think that's why YouTube channels like Angry Video Game Nerd became so popular because he would just go and he'd play these old mm-hmm. games, and he would swear and and he would yell at his TV and and we we could all sort of relate to it while we're watching yep. him. Exactly. Exactly.
0: What about you shows? What, what game made you swear at your TV? I guess. Ooh, Battletoads. Yes. Well, wait, did, Battletoads. wait, did you actually swear at that TV? I remember you saying that you had a game genie growing up. So I feel like that's not a thing that you would be swearing at because you'd have those 99 lives or whatever. I don't even know if 99 lives is enough to get through Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't have my Game Genie until like the very end of sort of that console experience for me. So I think I got it maybe the last Christmas before I got like a a SNES. Mm-hmm. But um, like Battletoads, like it was so cool because I remember, you know, when you punch the guys, the guy's fist gets huge to get that sort of landing punch at the end. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. This is, I'm having a great time playing this game. And then you get to that level where you have to sort of fly across these these trenches on these bikes and you're jumping over things and, and you're crashing into walls. And yeah, I got frustrated.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I I think of, I, I remember being super frustrated with that. I remember being frustrated with most actual side scrolling, uh, fighting games like double dragon and whatnot. But, um, I think the game that I just remembered about four or five minutes ago that really, really bugged the crap out of me was top gun.
1: Um, Ooh, landing on that carrier.
0: Yes, which never, never worked. I never understood it. Pull up. Pull up. No, 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 no. But I don't, I recall landing once, just once, and I never, never understood how I did it. And I I don't (laughs) think anyone
2: really knows. Spears, do you ever play this game? No, never. Um, The only real flight sim game I played on NES was, um, oh gosh, it was Captain... No, Captain Captain Starhawk. Ah, Crunch. Got... It's not Captain
0: Captain Blood. No, that's not Captain Blood. Captain Blood's an actual thing.
2: No, oh, this is yeah. killing me. It was a, it was a flight like you flew an F sixteen, but like through space, and you would have to land in these uh, these rotating space stations. You'd have to mat do a barrel roll. <laughs> Wrong generation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry sorry Squeeze.
2: I am looking up what it is now this... oh there's a picture of it What is your
1: being <laughs> I wish we could see This makes for uh... I wish I could see Skyhawk is Captain right
0: Skyhawk I do remember that actually Um but yeah, there yeah. was there was a big there was a big push for people that wanted it uh remade a couple years ago I think cuz really? it made its 20th it made its 20th anniversary or something 2009. Yeah, that probably happened. (laughs) Oh, man. This game was developed by Rare. Amazing. And Milton Bradley. I didn't realize Rare was around then. Cool. I'm definitely... I remember this cover. I don't remember this game, but I definitely remember the cover art. I feel like I... I feel like now
1: you're you're probably tempted. To play I feel it. like
0: um, I I just looked at boxes a lot when I was in stores. I think that's this this is the lesson that I'm learning right now, is that I like box art. Remember the Mega Man box art that never looked like anything like Mega Man. Oh the
2: the uh, the like the first, like Mega Man one like the first Mega Man game. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. was hysterical. Yeah. The, the painted one. Oh man, so awesome. <laughs> I feel like they described to an American artist kind of what the game was about. <laughs> yep, and they and he's like, just go, and he went. And I want now I want a poster
0: of that, but yeah. Anyway, so we were NES kids growing up, as it seems. Um, but I know my best friend uh, when I was um, in a elementary school growing up, he had a mega uh, mega mega wait Sega Mega System me,
2: Mega Drive Sega Mega
0: System Mega Drive Sega Sega Master Ma- System Master System. system. Oh man, um, he had a Master System growing up, and. He, for some odd reason, you know, as kids or as fans in general, that you sort of get into this whole console war thing. Like, you're a Nintendo fan or you're a Sega fan or you're, you now when you get older, you're a Sony PlayStation fan or an Xbox fan. Did you ever fall into this whole console war thing? Spirits, or uh, Shows, go. Uh
1: You know what? I mean, not really. Uh, most of my friends had like the Nintendo product. Um, I I know that there were people sort of in my social group that <clears throat> that were like Sega Genesis people, but most of my friends were were playing like Nintendo games, and and so it, it didn't really come off as as an issue. Uh, but I I mean, it really depended on what you had, like what you ended up opening on Christmas morning or what you got for your mm-hmm. birthday. And if if you ended up getting a, you know, a Sega Genesis or if you got a Game Gear instead of a Game Boy or if you got like whatever you happen to have, that's the one that you got to pledge your loyalty (laughs) to, I guess.
2: What about you, Spears? I was uh, like diehard Nintendo booster um, through most of the NES and uh, SNES years. Mm -hmm. I like. I remember having to consciously remain civil. Around friends who had Genesis's, <laughs> mm. and I like I remember this one like, act, like this real bittersweet experience of going over to sort of a friend of a friend's house who had a Genesis and he had like a big screen TV and a great sound setup, and he was like he was playing Sonic or something, and like part of my brain was going, like wow this this looks kind of fun actually, and the other half of my brain was like no, no. You know what side you're on, but um, <laughs> a few years later, a buddy of mine got really deep into PC gaming and really kind of mm-hmm. pushed me to get onto the PC side of the whole thing. Master race. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that DC term. I know, me too. Well, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, the um, yeah, I think I, I I felt the same way. Like I was a diehard nintendo fanboy from like the nes super nes and i had a game boy as well um and then like in my teen years i went i moved over to pc gaming but i i wasn't like i'm only playing on pc because there really was that was i feel like that when we talk about the golden age of video games for pc gamings it was the 90s the 90s early 2000s because that's like doom and wolfenstein and uh the Lucas uh, Arts games were all around that time. Warcraft. Um, I feel like Warcraft, Warcraft two, II, Warcraft three, yeah. and you know, eventually Warcraft, Starcraft,
1: it's the original, the original Starcraft.
0: Starcraft, even the original Diablo. Like Diablo was ninety seven. I feel oh. like or ninety nine or something like that. So so many broken mice. Yep yep. <laughs> my Diablo three mice just died uh, a couple <laughs> like, a couple weeks ago. So, like and that my, that mouse was. What, 2012, I guess, was Diablo three. Yeah, so that, that's that's wow. that's a lot of clicking. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like um because I moved over to PC gaming, I just it, the fanboyism died. Like I I was like oh yeah, I'll play I'll play anything. Like I finally got to play Final Fantasy seven because I was a PC gamer at that time, um and eight, um. But uh, after after moving over to PC, I ended up getting a GameCube. And then, you know, sort of went the Sony route. Just so did cause... you ever have a PlayStation 1? Nope. Never had a PlayStation 1. Never had a PlayStation 2. I had a PlayStation 2 in the houses that I lived in in university. So I got to play those games then. Okay. Um, as well as an Xbox One. Wait, no, sorry. An original Xbox. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's, <laughs> confusing. Their on Xbox <laughs> That's confusing. get hands on One. That's confusing. But um, yeah, that 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 was our university game. So we in in university we had a PS2, a GameCube, and an Xbox, an original Xbox. Wow, that naming convention is horrible. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> is the next
2: Xbox going to be an Xbox Two? I I don't
0: I don't think they're going to even keep this this naming scheme. Right? It does. It wouldn't make sense for them because they had Xbox, Xbox 360, then Xbox One, Xbox One X. Uh yeah. I don't know. At least the PlayStation's just numbers. It's going to keep going. I'm sure and with, it'll be the PS5. And with Nintendo, they realized that they made a mistake by naming the Wii U the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> so they just, you know, they moved on to a better naming scheme. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always Man. thought I always thought that the game console thing was always weird because, or, or the console war thing was weird because it's not like we were buying those consoles ourselves as kids.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I blame Sega for it. Actually, they had a marketing campaign on the Genesis, the um, the blast processing marketing campaign. Do you remember this commercial? I don't at all. No. Oh, dude, you need to watch it. Well, I'll put in the I'll find the link for the show notes, but it's this. It was an ad that compared the Genesis to the Super Nintendo, and it was like side by side comparison of graphics. And see, I knew as a gamer that the Super Nintendo's graphics were better. Mm-hmm. Like the the colors were richer, it could do parallax scrolling, more more layers. Um, but the commercial introduced like the whole point of the commercial was like Sega Genesis has blast processing, Super Nintendo doesn't. And I guess the idea was that that was why Sonic could run so fast on the screen was because of this <laughs> blast obviously that's it that's how that's how programming works
1: yeah (laughs) Do you want your games to look good or do you want them to go real fast i want both (laughs) pc gaming
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think after that like that commercial campaign is i think what entrenched people deeply and made it like an us versus them kind of conflict Mm. that it's a it's always a bad thing especially in fandom in general like Fandom
0: fans and like they are incredibly loyal to a fault of uh, what they're loyal to. Like if yeah, like I don't really want to go into the Star Wars things, but there are some Star Wars fans that take things a little too far, just a wee bit, or 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 any gaming. Like uh, we don't have to go into this part. (laughs) I don't
2: think we have to at this point. I think it's known. We we did an episode on good
0: and bad fandom anyway, so (laughs) they know what my thoughts on. Bad fans and reacting badly.
1: Look, I, I like, guess what I'm what I'm curious about as well, though, with the whole like loyalty around a console and and console uh, the console wars and stuff. Like, is that mostly when you're a kid, or do you think like no, as people man. get older, they still start to hold hold on to those those loyalties? Yeah, because me, I know that yeah. I'll just go for whatever system has the best games for me. The, the um, Xbox
0: versus PlayStation people right now. Like, if you're if you're ever on Reddit. Um, like, it's just, it's brutal. Like, the people are just incredibly
2: angry and loyal. Um, okay. I think like, the psychology I, works a little bit like this. I think the psychology is you're calling the system that I chose bad, which means you're calling me stupid, which means I'm justified in being a Redditor and insulting you in every way, shape, or form there exists. Yep. And then, right. yeah, okay. exactly. It's it's brutal, and and really, I I picked
0: these systems like the PS3 and the PS4 purely based on the games that were coming out for it.
2: Dude, like, you know, why I got onto Sony because the PS2 had a DVD player built in.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh and yeah. I, and I wanted nice. I wanted a Blu-ray player. That's why I bought a PS3. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: PS3 was the
0: cheapest Blu-ray player you could get. Exactly. And like, well, after they dropped the initial five hundred dollar price. Oh, I forgot it, about it was, that. It was it was nice that when it went down to three hundred dollars, and then I wanted to play Metal Gear, so I bought a PS three. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, we were talking earlier about how uh, Spears uh, took some life lessons from Zelda, and how you can fail, you can do well, you can make no life. mistakes and fail anyway. And fail in life. <laughs> but were there were there any games or any life lessons that you actually brought into your life? I know there's there's a lot of talk about gamification in life and in parenting in articles all over the internet about this uh, is is there anything you've brought into like from gaming into your everyday life for example let me let me go into a personal thing like sure. if you if you look at tetris like how, how to organize things like i know i packed my car like grocery wise way better <laughs> now that i'm really good at tetris
1: let's go with the shows the one that i can think of is uh like i remember playing a lot of games like gran turismo and uh you know, various, please don't please like, don't run over people. That's bad. That's a bad life lesson. You know, I remember playing Carmageddon and thinking uh, <laughs> this no, ain't no, bad. I, I I would play games like Gran Turismo and basically you know wipe out and and F Zero and all the different racing games. And and the the more realistic ones, I I feel like taught you a little bit about how to how to control your car under certain situations. Like I remember like like just messing around playing on these games and then um. I was uh I was driving home and I think my car must have gone over like an ice patch or something. And it started to like veer in one direction. Like I wasn't like full out spinning, but I started to veer. And I feel like just instinctually I knew which way to turn the wheel to get me back uh on track. And I think that could have came from from playing games. Like just, you know, because if, if you're playing the game and you start to spin out on the racetrack, you 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 adjust the right direction and you can you can fix that. So I don't know.
0: I feel like that I would also uh take away that lesson as well. What about you, Spears? Is there anything that you took away from games other than
2: being perfect and then still failing?
1: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
2: that that was enough. Um, no, I think you know, the one thing that the Final Fantasy series kind of taught me, um, other than not to get too attached to characters who seem significant. <laughs> Oh, um, that that could be a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's that um, all of these games have like there's the main quest and then there's like hours upon hours of side quests that you can do. Now, you can follow the main quest along basically on rails in a linear fashion. But then by the time you get to the boss, like the end game, you're just going to get wiped out. Like it's going to be a really hard time. If you don't take your time and go off the beaten track a little bit and do some of that side quest stuff, the aspects of the game that are sort of the most grindy, just gaining experience, leveling things up, even if you're not advancing the the plot, that grind is still valuable. And I think that mm-hmm. was a good life lesson. Like, it's all well and good to have your goal and move towards it. But unless you put in the grind and do the legwork, when you get there, you're not going to be prepared. To be there, so oh yeah,
0: no, no, exactly. Like I, I feel like for me, games in general have taught me that um you, you can be serious in life like all the time, and that's great and all, but you gotta have fun every so often. Like you can't have a game that's purely serious all the time, because if you're not having fun, it's just not. It's not, I, I don't find it worth your time, and I feel like that's a good, that's an another lesson to take away in regular life. Well, we'll we'll see what our kids can take away from games like. Now, are are you guys actually um, are you guys gaming with your kids now? Like you, uh, Shells, you you said your son is uh, seven, and
1: uh, yeah, we 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 game quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I I do restrict how much he games. Like uh, we mm-hmm. we game for a half hour on Saturday and a half hour on Sunday, um, and he gets to choose the the games. You know, based on on a, a little bit of criteria that I give him. Like I don't want him doing anything violent, uh, mm-hmm. at least not at this stage, not not when he doesn't really. Quite understand, um, but we, we tried doing some of the the retro games. Like I, I wanted to introduce him to some of the original systems, and I remember setting up my NES for him and 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 showing him the the original. I think we we played Mario three, and he was really struggling with some of the controls and and some of the platforming, um, and so. I don't know, he wasn't as engaged by it. But more more modern games seem to engage him a little bit more. Like we we were really into the Lego games. Uh Lego Marvel Superheroes, uh, Lego Dimensions and and like that's that's how those that's what we game and we always do it together. So more of the e for
0: everyone uh games right now. Absolutely. Um, I I feel like although Mario was an e game, um it is one of the harder platformers that there are like, especially if you didn't grow up playing platforming games. Um, What about you, uh, Spirits? Are are you um, letting your kids play uh,
2: classic games or is that your pathway for um, gaming? Um, I'm still kind of in denial about the whole thing. (laughs) Um, So we're not really, we're not doing any console gaming, nothing that goes on the TV Mm -hmm. uh, just yet. Um, he has like you know at friend's house and on tablets. Um, he's sort of dorked around with like Plants vs Zombies and um, uh, Super Mario Run. Hmm. Um, the one game that we do play together consciously and actively is Pokemon Go. Hmm. Oh yes. yeah, it, like yeah, it me gets... too. Yeah. Oh, do I need your I need your friend numbers? Done.
1: <laughs> no. you, guys, you guys are going to make me
2: want to. Install this again, and I say no because
0: there are no, yeah. there are oh, no they, good
1: Pokemon in Guelph. Oh, they they add a whole <laughs> bunch of new stuff to the game, Eric. You got to get know. back in.
0: I I remember it's seeing, a lot of fun. I remember seeing it when you guys were looking at it at the mall we were at what last weekend, yeah, or something. And I was like, ah, man, maybe I'll play it again. We'll see. Um, yeah. Pokemon Go is a really interesting game to play with your kids because it promotes going outside, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and when, walking and Being what physically active uh, like um spears i'm going to ask you this one for pokemon go like when you catch things does the amount of walking you do matter for your uh like your pokemon like does it evolve them that way i haven't played in such a long time i don't really remember. um
2: there's two mechanics that the walking influences um mainly you have eggs um and you sort of you can select an egg or two to incubate and while you're walking, the more you walk, the sooner that egg will hatch. Hmm. Some eggs will hatch after walking two kilometers, some after five, some after ten. And the Pokemon that come out of them get progressively more powerful, depending on how many kilometers you have to walk to hatch it. Um, the other mechanic that walking influences is um, you can select one Pokemon to be your buddy, like out of your collection, and it'll actually like walk beside your character. Um, similar to the way, like, Pikachu follows Ash and, like, Pokemon Yellow and kind of that generation of
1: game. Mm -hmm. Does does
0: he not walk around with Ash anymore? I haven't watched Pokemon in such
2: a long time.
1: He (laughs) usually sits on his shoulder. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But, um,
2: (laughs) as you walk with your buddy, he finds the candies that you use to power them up or evolve them. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you buddy up with a pokemon that you're not likely to catch very often in your area, that's a good way to get the candies you need to level them up or evolve them. If you're not likely to catch many more of them otherwise.
0: Yeah, I haven't played since the initial uh release of Pokemon Go. And I remember it being very sparse when I played and it wasn't much fun <laughs> for me at least.
1: Yeah, they've they've added uh, a lot. Like there are raid battles now, there are legendary pokemon, and just recently, they added this whole friendship um, thing where you can have someone on your friends list that you can send gifts to. Uh, you, you can, um, uh, you know, level up your friend level with someone by by doing battles with them. And then uh, you can trade Pokemon uh, with people on your friends list. So they've added quite a bit. So this is
0: why everyone on my Facebook is like, I'm adding Pokemon Go again. Please friend me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see <laughs> that everywhere yeah. on there now. It's crazy. Um, oh, it's weird. Like, I know you never really think of digital pets as video games. Like, at least when we were younger, like we had, uh, what are they called? Tamagotchis. And yep Digi, digi, digi pets or something. Are that you? A Neopets? A pet,
1: rock? pet rock. Chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Sorry, Spears. What was that? Was it Neo Neo Neopets. That was uh, the other yeah, one. Neopets. Every, but everyone who was anyone had a, had a, the other one. What are they called? Tamagotchi um and those were sort of games and they were sort of pets i don't but know but they died really easily yeah well that's if you didn't feed them or clean up their poop or whatnot that mm-hmm. game taught me nothing about parenting by the way so do listeners you feed, out there do you
1: feed your kid do you pick up their poop
0: uh i she poops in in toilets <laughs> and uh, i do feed her although she's very picky now um <laughs> so that's fun <laughs> um so there's there's a lot of in in at least in gaming now there's a lot of um archetypes from the eighties that are very prevalent now, and even the art cell is becoming really popular on p c gaming or even on network gaming on p s n or xbox live so we have like platforming games we have um metroidvania games are there any games right now that you guys um can think of right now that you're really enjoying like are you playing any um old school type games no
1: Really. Now I know you're pl-
0: I know you're playing Subnautica and that's nothing old
1: schoolish. <laughs> no. <laughs> um
0: what uh, about you Spears? Really Are you playing anything that's uh like something old schoolish or anything you'd re- recommend?
2: Um I really should um get some some Mega Man games on PlayStation or somehow to warm up for uh for Mega Man 11 cuz I know I'm mm. in for that and I kind of I need to get back into <laughs> back into that that kind yeah. of style of play
0: that that twitch gaming where you have to react really fast I, yeah. I don't know if I can do that anymore Right now I'm playing Hollow Knight which is a wonderful game. It's on sale on Steam right now for $11 if you want to buy it. It looks like a live cartoon but in a Metroidvania style. It's amazing. That's And it's cool. so hard. People are calling it a a mix between Metroid a Metroidvania game and a Dark Souls game because if you die you lose all all your stuff but you can go back to that spot and get it back like in Dark Souls uh-huh. um but it it it's also hard like you have to learn patterns of how enemies move and you have to remember it or you know you'll get punished like an old school game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway um i think that that that's a good uh that's a good place to end maybe we can uh, have our listeners send us an email what their favorite retro game is or what their favorite
2: retro system is oh oh, oh. you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. follow us on twitter at geekswithkidscn check out our pics on instagram at geekswithkids and if you like what you hear write us a review on itunes stitcher google play or on your favorite podcasting service
0: but uh, anyway, for geeks with kids, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, coming on, uh, Shouse and uh, Spears. You're thanks welcome. for coming. It's fun. My pleasure. Um, have a good one. Thank you very much.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.